Listening to Condé Nast Traveler's podcast, Women Who Travel, you will be transported to the ancient ruins of Pompeii, to New York City's most storied neighborhoods, and to the jaw-dropping peaks of Bhutan. It's the best of what you love about traveling, experiencing different people, cultures, and perspectives, all from the comfort of your own home. Each week, join host and global journalist Lali Alikoglu as she shares her own experiences along with those of self-identifying women travelers from all over the globe. How do the bestie comedian pairs of Sheer Zamata and Nicole Byer navigate travel together? What can you realistically expect from your first global solo travel experience? How is dance used as a tool for healing in Indigenous Australian communities? If these questions piqued your interest, pack your bags and go on a journey with women who travel. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode, we have an extra special meditation practice dedicated to Day of the Dead, which will be celebrated in Mexico next week. Just over a year ago, I met Pedro, a journalist and news anchor from Mexico City. My wife and I hosted him at our home in Glasgow for a fun few days. And at the end of the trip, he said the very best time to come is for Dia de Muertos, for Day of the Dead. It's the time of the year when we are most ourselves. I must confess that at the time, my only real understanding of Day of the Dead was through watching the wonderful Pixar film Coco with my children. So Pedro's comments surprised me, and it got me intrigued as to what it was about the holiday that was so integral to his sense of Mexicanness, and it made me want to understand it more. Day of the Dead, Dia de Muertos, takes place on the 1st and 2nd of November. We wanted to mark this special time of year and dedicate our meditation episode to it. Not all cultures are as open about death and the dead as the people of Mexico. It's a difficult and painful topic for many of us, not necessarily something we want to linger on. I get that. But if you know anything about Day of the Dead, you'll know that at its heart, it's a festival. A festival about community, about the celebration of life and remembering. Families gather over dinner, to honour the lives of their dead as an intimate ritual to celebrate those lives. In these dinners, the air is filled with laughter, stories and nostalgia. So that is what our meditation together will be about too. And yes, skeletons. There may be some skeletons. Reflecting on death and grief has long been part of the mindfulness tradition. We'll explore some of that later in the episode too. You know it's the time of the year to celebrate and honour death when the city starts to paint itself in golden, warm orange. Waves and waves of marigolds are brought into the markets and make their way to storefronts. They dress the streets and fill homes. So how about we let the image of a wave of marigolds fill our minds? As we start our practice today, if it's safe and you're able to close your eyes, then please do. And even though our eyes are closed, there is still a visual field, the inside of our eyelids, mixed with the light from the space we're in. Any mental imagery we may have, 
Let it all be golden orange, filled with marigolds. You might see it as orange. You might only imagine it as orange. You might only think about a visual field full of orange, a field full of marigolds. You do you. The Aztec word for marigold is sempasuchil, the origin of which means the flower of twenty flowers, petals upon petals. Glorious head-like bloom sitting atop their green spines. Let's keep dropping into the field of orange if we can. Its warmth softening our faces, our heads sitting atop our spines, but with softness. Petals and petals and petals of relaxation. Across the body, the orange warmth able to release any holding that might be here. Marigolds, marigolds heralding the celebration of life. In many ways, the ofrenda is the heart of it all. An ofrenda is a temporary altar in the home, with photographs of family members who are no longer with us, a visual lineage with people going back through time, inviting them to return for the holiday. We put out their favorite food, candles to light their way, candy skulls, bread. Icons and other decorations, marigolds, of course, marigolds. We will build our ofrenda too, going back in time with the magic of memory. Bring to mind the image of a person furthest back from your history that you can visualize. You may have known them or just seen a photo of them. You may not know their favorite food. But you can place some bread, some pan de muerto, for them. Let's take some time here. Bring to mind loved ones and family members who are dead, and place them. Place them on the ofrenda of your remembrance. And if you do know their favorite food, then place that here too. Even better. I placed the grandparents I knew briefly when I visited Sri Lanka as a child. 
I place my father's father, even though he died long before I was born. I don't really know what he looked like, but I have a sense of who he was. Quite the character, by all accounts. Here's my great-uncle and my great-aunt, with the fish curry they loved so much. Take your time. Build your ofrenda. If you feel happy, feel happy. If you feel sad, feel sad. If you feel joyful, feel joy. A big part of Day of the Dead is to allow ourselves space, space for our grief and our memories, and let them come as they are. We give them the space, free from judgment, to be present. This is freedom. Some people choose not to put an altar in their homes, but on this holiday, everyone keeps a space, a space within them. However makes sense for you, take another look at your ofrenda. What food will you have? Acknowledging that everyone there, their lives has a ripple effect on our own. We are all part of a larger cycle, and one day we'll be on the ofrenda of others. The ofrendas of others. Ourselves welcomed back. Let's also remember that holding all this with a sense of humor is a crucial part of the Mexican personality. Capacity to laugh about anything at any time. Humor is the greatest ally and we invite it to lighten the weight of every day and even the heaviest moments. Can we acknowledge that with a smile? Maybe that smile moves to a fun memory of someone we've lost. For me, it's Laurie, a friend of mine who died just last year. He was a big cyclist and many of his friends were at a guard of honor for the hearse at his funeral on their bikes, a sea of color on the street. In his last few days, he'd asked those riding to wear their most outrageous cycling gear. The joker that he was, even then. Laurie, Laurie's on my ofrenda. Who will be on yours? Who moved you to laughter in their life?
Let's close with La Catrina. She's perhaps the most iconic symbol of Dia de Muertos. The tall, elegant skeleton with her flamboyant hat bedecked with large feathers. And nowadays glowed up with her sugar skull makeup. A characterization of death, she is unruly, indomitable, mischievous. And she's here. She's the star center stage in the parades. A symbol not only of death, but just as importantly, of the lightness, the sense of humor that allows Mexicans to integrate and transcend the pain of death through celebration. La Catrina reminds us that we too have a skeleton, that she will one day come for us. And that's okay. La Catrina and her inevitability is both an invitation to be okay with that and an inspiration to use our time well. Having Day of the Dead as an annual event means that at least once a year, people in Mexico have to face death. But the reality is that people in other places tend not to reflect on their mortality that often. When my father died now almost 10 years ago, we had the opportunity to have his body laid out in the house before his cremation. My elder sister strongly argued that we should, while the rest of us were really not that sure about it. But she won out, and I'm so grateful that she did. I can't describe what being in the presence of his body did for me, but it did do something. Actually, I think it's still doing some magic. The normalization of this thing, which is as normal as anything. We'll close with some words from the great Mexican poet, Otavio Paz. The cult of life, if it really is deep and total, is also a cult of death. Both are inseparable. A civilization that denies death ends up denying life. Thank you and go well. Adios. Special thanks to Carolina Lomeli in Mexico City for providing research for this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with your Day of the Dead reflections and tributes, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at hello at meditative story, or you can find us on all your social media platforms through our handle at meditative story. On behalf of the team at Meditative Story, Thank you for spending time with us today. We love creating the show for you. And if the show serves you in a meaningful way, we'd love to hear from you. Would you take a minute right now to write us a review in your podcast app? When you leave a review, it really inspires our team. And we're a group who derives so much energy from understanding how meditative story impacts you. It's also a way for you to pay it forward by helping others discover the show. So if leaving a review speaks to you today, we'd really appreciate it.
Meditative Story is a Wait What original. Our executive producers are Darren Triff, June Cohen, and Rebecca Grierson. Jay Punjabi is our supervising producer. The series is produced by Dorothy Abrams. Original music and sound design by Ryan Holiday. Our script writers are Hannah Brencher, Marie McCoy Thompson, Dan Neelan, and Florence Williams. Mixing and mastering by Brian Pugh. Special thanks to Emily McManus, Anna Pizzino, Sarah Tata, Kelsey Capitano, Tim Cronin, Sami Oputa, Leah Sarametis, Colin Howarth, Chineme Ezequena, Charlie Menezes, Alfonso Bravo, Brad Whirl, and Adam Heiner. And I'm Rohan Gunatilaka, creator of the Buddhify Meditation app and your host. Visit meditativestory.com to find the transcript for this episode. 